0: Hello Husky fans and welcome to another episode of the Yukon Pod. We've got a great women's basketball episode for you today. I'm joined here by Daniel Connolly and a little bit later we'll have a really great interview with Howard Megdall and New York Liberty head coach Katie Smith. Um, we'll talk to Coach Smith about the three Yukon players on her team, Bria Hartley and two WNBA All-Stars in Tina Charles and... Uh, Kia Nurse, who made it into the All-Star group uh, in just her second year in the league. Uh, so a lot to look forward to in that conversation. Uh, first, a few more recent items. Uh, add Nafisa Collier to that list of Huskies, who's going to be an All-Star. Uh, Collier, obviously, as as uh, anyone who follows the UConn blog knows, having a great rookie season for the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, so that's uh, really great to see that she'll get that honor uh, as a rookie. I believe she'll be the only rookie there. Um, And then, Dan, we got some good news on the recruiting trail, too.
1: Yeah, it's been a good summer so far for UConn women's basketball. They obviously had that flurry of commitments right after the season ended with the addition of Evelyn Adebayo as a grad transfer and Anna McGrath as a freshman and then Avina Westbrook transferring in from Tennessee, but it's actually continued into future classes too. So first they got Mir McLean, a 2020 wing type player, to join in with guards Paige Beckers and Nika Mool. So what's really interesting about McLean is reading through her scouting report on ESPN I mean, it's almost like a carbon copy to like what Gabby Williams had as her scouting report Mm -hmm. from ESPN when she came in. So obviously it's a little – no two players should be compared with each other because obviously Gabby Williams was an insane talent here. But she's – McLean's noted as possibly the best athlete in her class. She can kind of do it all kind of like Gabby Williams could. So that just seems like a really – Savvy pickup for UConn because obviously you've got Page Becker's coming in as the number one recruit, but you can't have all the top recruits. You need some. You need to mix in some role players. So she's the number thirty-two player in the class, which is one spot above where Aubrey Griffin is. Five eleven from Owings Mills, Maryland, and it's a nice compliment to having two guards in the class as well because they already are going to have a glut of guards in 2020 you've got Kristen Williams Anna Macker at Becker's Mool coming in even Megan Walker and Avina Westbrook so you don't want to overload that position you got McLean coming in and then they also got a commitment in the class of 2021 really going out there in guards Sailor Poffenbarger she's kind of she's at least from her scouting report, she's a very UConn-type player. She's big. I believe she's 6'2", which is, for women's basketball, guard is really big. So it, it seems likely that she's kind of going to fill that Katie Lou Samuelson-type role, not necessarily saying she's like Katie Lou Samuelson, but just that guard that Gino likes that can come out and shoot on the perimeter but also get inside, rebound, and just kind of make it difficult on defenses to try and match up with them and guard them. She's the first player in the class of 2021 for UConn. She comes from a basketball family. Her mom played at Missouri and from all accounts, she's been pretty set on UConn since day one when they started. Uh, I saw in one article that she was, it actually seems like it's kind of becoming a frequent theme in these new commitments is that they grow up watching Maya Moore and Brianna Stewart Mm -hmm. and it's actually getting a little weird that commitments near new recruits are starting to talk about Brianna Stewart as someone they watched growing up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, th- that these players see UConn and they want to go to UConn when they're 10, 11, 12 years old. And then UConn starts talking to them and it almost becomes like an instant thing. And she puff barger had an interesting story that she knew she wanted to commit to UConn a while ago, but her mom made her wait through the summer just to see what other schools came in if she changed her mind. And she said she was pretty locked in on her decision. So two new commitments for UConn, both seem like um, really solid pickups, not the top, top, but still pretty quality players.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then I actually, um, I spoke with uh, Mayor McLean's coach and mother. Uh, I'm going to do, I got a story coming out uh, in the, in the next week or so on her and yeah, you're you're absolutely right about the Gabby Williams comparison. Uh, her mom even made that comparison in an in interview. Um and and her mom also played Division One basketball, uh first at Northeastern, uh where she actually played against UConn back in the day. Um but uh so so yeah and then uh she's she's also just kind of like a low key person. Um, so kind of like you said, we'll we'll be able to fit in and and uh, um, you know, not, not demand the rock or anything like that, but just uh, really fill it up. So with, with 2020 now at three incoming recruits, uh, 2021, they just got their first one, but uh, do you think they'll be looking to make any additions for the class of 2020?
1: Yeah, I, I think so because you don't want to get a recruiting class too big. Generally four is it's reasonable, but you're kind of starting to push it. I mean, the last class of four that they had come in was the 2017 class of Megan Walker, Lexi Gordon, Andres Espinoza hunter and Michaela Coombs. And we know how that one worked out. So when you get classes that big, it starts just to become a little tenuous to try and keep them together and keep everyone happy because obviously freshman year is so tough. But I do think they really need to add another player I don't know if that's gonna be a freshman or if that's gonna be a grad transfer, but they really need another post player. They on the roster for 2020, projected as of now. Olivia Nelson's the only post player. Even if Mir McLean is Gabby Williams from day one, and you've got Aubrey Griffin playing well and Megan Walker, those players are still really more forwards, like a stretch four than like a center, like Nelson Adota. And I'm not really sure if any of those players could play a post. So I think you really do want to bring in a post player. And maybe it might make sense to go with a grad transfer that doesn't have huge expectations, kind of like an Adebayo, but can just build some depth behind Nelson Adota. But then at the same time, Nelson Adota is going to be a junior in 2020, so you do need to kind of start to have a succession plan there. So that's, I think, where a freshman would make sense. But I think if they're going to add someone, it's going to be a post player. I don't think there's a need for a guard on this roster, certainly, because you're going to have Avina Westbrook and Kristen Williams and Paige Beckers and Nika Mool all coming in. If you bring in another guard, there's really not much playing time there. And then even on the wing – you've got Megan Walker, you've got McLean, you've got Aubrey Griffin. So that's a pretty full position. So I could see them going after a post player and really, I don't think there's anything stopping them from bringing in two players. If like you bring in a grad transfer or a transfer transfer that can get a waiver and a freshman, because they've, got nine scholarships used up. Obviously, they have 15. So they can bring in as many players as they really want. But usually 11s right around their sweet spot. That's the average number they bring in since 2010. They don't usually go two below that, maybe one below that to 10. They don't usually go too much over that. So they'll maybe have 12. But I could see them bringing in two more players, maybe like a grad transfer and a freshman. But if I were to pick, I would say it would be smart to get if you can obviously it's not like they can go out and pick but if you could get one it would be a post player freshman to ha- build some depth behind Nelson Adota and, and just get ready for the future
0: yeah pretty clear that it it needs to be uh someone someone up front and um you know weirdly kind of an area that Yukon as of in kind of the recent times has really not been able to have that kind of rock solid down low presence um please catch me if I'm wrong here, but I mean, you know, uh, since Morgan Tuck and kind of Steph Dolson uh, really haven't had that, that like uh, really strong front court presence uh, that can obviously make so much of a difference. Um, And yeah, I'd, I'd agree that I think the the, You'd want to bring someone experienced, in. I think it's been—I think you know—Gino had a previous aversion to it, but I think it's been a good way to get, um, kind of like you 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 mentioned earlier, that that mindset of I don't need to be the star; I just need to play my role. Um, I think the transfer and grad transfer market is a really great way to get that type of player, um, especially if they have been kind of honing and developing. Uh, at the at the college level, so you know that it's going to be transferable as well, somewhat.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Evelyn Adebayo is going to play a big factor in how UConn's going to use that in the future because if she comes in and can be that really solid role player, I think UConn's going to be way more open to it in the future. But if she comes in and, I mean, everything on paper shows that she's going to be a really solid addition. She's versatile, seems really selfless, But if she comes in and kind of flops, I think maybe there might be a little more of an aversion to it. So I think that's something interesting to possibly watch.
0: For sure. All right. Next up, as promised, we've got an interview with the New York Liberty head coach, Katie Smith. She was very gracious uh, in sharing her time and feedback on the WNBA scouting process, how to develop players. And we also asked her who the UConn greatest of all time is. Uh, so I hope you enjoy.
2: And we are joined by WNBA legend and New York Liberty head coach, Katie Smith. Katie, always good to chat with you and uh, particularly excited to chat uh, about the UConn figures on your team. But before before we get to that, I'm just curious in general. You know, Given the UConn success at the WNBA level and the number of easy transitions there have been, Is the scouting different, is that process different for when you're trying to think about what a Kia Nurse was going to be and then is going to be at the next level?
3: You know, it's always hard. I think that's the the biggest thing for all of us as coaches is to look at talent and who they're playing against and how does that translate? Because you have players who are awesome in college and, and put up great numbers that don't translate to the WNBA and then you have players who don't necessarily play a bunch um, but maybe in a, a different system or in a different, you know, the, at a the next level, they have a skill set and, and kind of grow into that. So it's such a, it's it's really hard. Um, you do trust certain programs that they've been prepared, that they know the game, that they have trained on a high level. The expectations are there, the work ethic is there, the, you know, those type of things. Um, you know, so you do, and that goes for a lot of people. I mean, Connecticut, you have. You know, Notre Dame and, you know, Stanford and those that just, you know, you just kind of across the board and there's others, you know, Oregon now and just you're like, yeah, I mean, they've played at a high level. They played top competition and, you know, Baylor as well. So it's just, you know, it's I think that's the, the question we all have is like, all right, well, how does that fit? You know, or is it going to translate? And sometimes you, you you get it right and sometimes you don't. And um, it's just one of those, I think, everybody on all levels of basketball, when you are evaluating talent, that's the toughest thing.
2: Does the fact that they play a great non-conference schedule also make a difference? I, I just asked that because you're able to see against Tom's competition in November and then in March, April, you know, and I just wonder yeah, how helpful that is.
3: I love it, you know, because you love to see how a – Oh, uh, Who is it? Somebody play against Kalani Brown. You know, how does Gustafson mm-hmm. play against Kalani Brown? How does, you know, Nigue go against, you know, Kalani or somebody like you do? And Nafisa, how does she do against Siles? And can she, you know, fly around and guards just as well? Does How does Dario do against Enrique? Do they match up against each other? Do they, you know, this type of thing? So it does, it is helpful. And that's where you, you know, I think a lot of us try to see those matchups. Um, when those teams play each other and see how they handle being under the pressure, first of all, in those big settings and big games and big moments. Um, And then also watching the two talents and sometimes the same position of how they function um, and what their skill set is. So yeah, it, it is beneficial. I know for me personally um, to see those matchups so that you can actually see them next to each other, playing against each other. And and maybe that gives somebody the edge and maybe it makes it unclear, you know, so Mm -hmm. I think it is helpful.
2: Well, I know you are everywhere during the off season, so it's <laughs> not, try
3: to be <laughs> not,
2: not an off season in a traditional sense, that's for sure. But <laughs> right. it, you know, clearly, uh, what you guys identified at an organizational level with Kia Nurse has translated, and uh, perhaps even more quickly than was reasonable to have expected of her. You know, given that here she is as an all-star starter here in year two, she's seventh in the lead in true shooting percentage, so you know, her efficiency is matching uh, the effort you saw right away. I guess from a coaching perspective, I wonder to what extent you've been able to figure out what she will be at this level and how much of it just comes down to the fact that you can plug her into different places.
3: You know, the one thing about Kia, and you know, it's, it's really a credit to her is she's a, she's a worker and and very competitive and hard on herself and she wants to improve. Like she's always finding holes and, you know, things that she doesn't like about that game that she had. So, you know, everything that she's gained and gotten over her career is, is really truly due to her um, competitiveness and her work ethic. Um, You know, for her, You know, we knew she could shoot. We knew she had good size, you know, before she came into the WNBA. Um, you know, we knew she needed to work on her finishing and maybe her mid-range game. We knew that, you know, she flew around on defense and played, you know, pretty solid defense, um, on the college level. And, you know, so we knew there's a lot of things that we really liked. Um, when she got here, you know, it was the the way she ran the floor and put pressure on the defense and just flew um the energy and the way she covers for people on defense and just the she always making good things happen um you know we want her to get tighter and there's little things on defense. defensive trying to get her to get better at and then offensively from year one to year two her mid-range game has gotten better um, her finishes have gotten a little bit better and obviously can keep getting better in those areas um the next thing for her is her decision making right she's a three-point shooter everybody knows that they want to run her off the line they Mm -hmm. want to make sure they're making her do something different now it's pump fake pull up now it's not taking those contested threes it's it's then making the next decision is it my pull up is it getting to the rim is it me putting it on the floor finding others so now it's reading the defense and understanding how they're going to play you and what the scout says and now using that to your advantage um, going into games. And that's, you know, those are all the little things from, you know, now for the rest of this year and the next year that she can continue to get better at and even be more efficient um, and have more opportunities by being even smarter on the offensive end, along with, you know, keep putting in the work of knocking down shots, getting feet set, and then better decisions, making you know better, you know, shot selection, and you can make more shots.
1: Her versatility
2: reminds me in a lot of ways of, The versatility you brought to the court and you, I feel like we're a little more of an inside outside combination player than necessarily what she's been so far. But, you know, similar size relative to lead at that point as well. And I wonder how much you're able to sort of plug in the ways in which you learned to do it that way with her.
3: Yeah, so she's definitely like the the one through the three. Like I, you know, I remember last year we she actually played the one at the beginning of the year when Boyd was mm-hmm. out. And we had some people coming back from overseas, so comfortable handling the basketball. And I think you know for Canada, I mean, she kind of plays that multi-purpose guard. You know, she can be a big two. The only thing with our team, we just don't have a lot of big um, guards except for Beck Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is a very versatile guard who's comfortable either handling the ball or being off ball. Um, she does battle. Um, Doesn't mind switching if we do switch with some bigs and we'll battle on the block against some of these bigger guards as well. Um, Because, you know, the one thing about her, she'll compete. And she'll try to find a way to to win that battle um, that she has. So, yeah, you just try to instill little things that, you know, you thought of or were or, or thinking of had in your mind when you were playing both defensively and offensively of how to use what people were trying to take away from you against them and to then, you know, continue to put pressure on them but just be smarter with everything, not have to work harder but be smarter. Um, so, yeah, you just, you know, as I said, but I love, you know, I, you know, I definitely am drawn the nurse because of the competitiveness and um, the way she works at it and really wants to, to get out there every day and get better.
2: And and I will point out I, I do not have the number in front of me but I think you were around five assists per game one of the years that you were playing for uh, for Bill in Detroit so you you also had some had some time at the one and that's that sort of brings me to my my next player which uh, which is Bria Hartley and I mm-hmm. thought that Bria makes a ton of sense for a U-Coach team in particular because, again, there's that versatility. There's that, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily having to pigeonhole her. And yeah. so it seemed to me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you you have forgotten more about the game than I will ever know. But it seemed on Saturday like she was playing some time even at the three for you and, and you know, maybe in part because this is a question of lacking a lot of big guards behind – Beyond Rebecca Allen, but that's interesting to me that you seem to plug her into a lot of different spots.
3: Yeah, and I'm I'm ai probably am. I, you know I don't always think about it, but I I'm not really like you need to be here and here and and sometimes Bet can play the four and uh, guards can kind of play all spots and whoever has the ball can bring it. It's just a matter of whether your team is comfortable or that person's comfortable of. of the tempo and, and pace of the game of when to call play and when not to and who and what. Um but I do I am comfortable, you know, having people in multiple roles and I I, I don't I think we can be better at putting people in positions like having people in different spots and offenses and them being able to, to recognize that while the game's going on. Um I do think, you know, certain lineups certain lineups against like Dallas who has huge they have big guards and mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes causes us problems when we have littles. Um you know, posting us up. And if we're not locked in on defense and helping, then that can be a little bit of a problem for us. But overall, if we battle, like Hartley will battle. Boyd is is actually a very good uh, defender on um, big guards. Um, We'll we'll battle them. But then if our help side's good, I don't mind having little guards as long as we're active. Uh, But I do think Hartley puts pressure on uh, the defense. She's able to score. She's a very good pick and roll guard. Um, She runs hard as well. Her and Nurse take off flying. She also can play the one and run your team. Um, But definitely I think Bria has a little bit more of a scorer's mentality uh, than maybe Boyd or uh, even Tanisha. Tanisha will try to put us in sets. uh, But Mm -hmm. but you want people to kind of put that pressure and not forget that they're an option. Um, But, again, it's always that fine line of, when, when to and when not to. and um, But I, I think Hartley is, you know, puts a lot of pressure on defense, but also helps stretch the floor, which is also big for us because, you know, want to make those gaps and open up the inside for some of our post players.
2: Well, and it seems like those are the two areas where if you talk about the biggest jump from the fact you've already exceeded your win total from last year, obviously, you know. Yeah. And so to be able to force more turnovers, which gets you running back the other way, and then mm-hmm. that kind of spacing and transition your transition numbers are both up in terms of total number of possessions and how efficient you're being in those possessions. Do you see those as sort of the, the greatest areas uh, of, of improvement overall for the team?
3: Probably number wise. I think you're right. I think the pace that we're playing at and um you get in easy buckets and it was a emphasis of of trying to get out to put pressure on the defense, but also get easier looks before the defense is set. We we are not one of the better shooting teams. We do not finish as well as others. We don't shoot well from three and or two. Um, those are areas that we try to improve on and get shots up in practice. But until that point, until we're knocking out shots um, like other teams, we have to find ways to score before the defense is set. And mm-hmm. I think um, our guards have done that. Um, it obviously starts with rebounds and getting stops. Um, but I think our Boyd, Harley, you know, even Durr, now Jojo, you know, Jojo's in the lineup, Nurse and Beck all fly. I think our, our guards have. The ability to bring it themselves and then also they put a lot of pressure by it running hard so i do think those are, is, a big, is a big area that we have have jumped i do think our defense is better um overall uh from last year i think there's you know we can be better and bit more consistent but in general i don't know if the numbers um you know back it up but i feel personally that we have uh put more pressure on 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 teams and had better help side um obviously we've had a couple games you know the ones we've those three straight we just lost recently, I thought we really didn't dictate at all on defense. Um, the consistency piece is where I, I want us to to be better at of every single night that's there. Now, whether we shoot the ball well or don't shoot it, that's a whole nother story that's going to come and go. Um, but our defense has to be something that we are just always locked in. Uh, give us a shot to win, whether it's, you know, we shoot 50 percent or we're shooting 35
2: And you had to be encouraged, obviously, by the way, things closed late on Saturday against the Sparks. But there's another aspect of this, and it sort of gets us into uh, Tina, who, uh, of course, uh, you know, is is the star among stars in terms of the UConn players who have come to the New York Liberty. Uh, And what's fascinating to me uh, when you look at Saturday is, you know, Tina shot one for 13, and Mm -hmm. you guys found a way to win anyway. And I, I don't know that that pathway existed in the past. And, and so there's sort of two parts to that. One is that it, it obviously has to be concerning at some level uh, when Tina's struggling with her shot. But also, have you sort of thought, come to think of it differently in terms of how, how necessary it is for Tina to do all of the heavy lifting for you guys to win at the offensive end?
3: Yeah, there's many parts, right? I mean, Tina is such a a pillar and foundation to what we do. Um, But it's you know in this league you need more than one person you need multiple people you need everyone not even just the stars you need everyone being able to contribute when their number's called when their time is is there whether it's a rebound running layup three open three ball because you're the person left open so i think we've done a nice job of of adding talent um of getting you know obviously has had a good year but just surrounding you know the people that we've had from from past years with better shooters with uh, some more playmakers mm-hmm. um and then growing some things and then gray coming in and just doing all the dirty work and rebounding and putting pressure so i think we've we have put uh people around that can go get shots and that can if we're making the right reads and moving the ball that we're gonna we're gonna be able to knock things down um yeah it is it's been a rough year for tina to score the basketball her percentages are are pretty low um but what the the one thing that, that needs to continue and what she needs to do every single night is, is just rebound, run, play hard, and be aggressive when she takes shots. You know, if they don't go and you're making aggressive moves, you can still live with that because she can get to the free throw line. Um, she still is going to command the double most nights, even yeah. when she's not hitting, which is an opportunity for her to then create for somebody else and, and put the defense at a disadvantage. So so it's, it is like, yes, of course, we would love for Tanya to shoot the ball better. I know that she would love to shoot the ball better. But even her presence and her, if she is, you know, when she's locked in, she's still going to command that, still have an opportunity to create, you know, um, opportunities for others, Um, but still want her to be aggressive and to attack and go at them. Um, If it doesn't go, let's get to the free throw line. Let's try to get a couple of boards, let's run the floor, maybe get a layup that way to kind of, you know, take that pressure off. Um, So those are the little things because I just remember as a player myself, sometimes you felt like there was a lid on top of the basket (laughs) and you couldn't, you couldn't throw it in the ocean. Right. And when you, and sometimes when you fixate on that, like, man, I can't score, or man, I can't, nothing's going in or, you know, this, that, and the other, when you take your mind off of that, you think about, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to play defense. I'm going to set screens and I'm going to run. right. I'm going to do all these things, try to get to the free throw line. And sometimes it's just once you take your mind off of things and things start to be a little easier or just things happen. Um, So as long as she's doing that and, and, you know, just keep playing hard and, and, you know, creating opportunities for others, you know, hopefully um, sooner than later, those, those things will start to go down and maybe a little weight gets taken off. But I, I do think that we've, you know, tried to do our jobs by surrounding um, all of our pieces and continue to add pieces to our team where we can, uh, we have threats all over the floor. And, you know, when people's number, or they're on the floor that they're going after it. And, you know, next man up when it's when it's your time.
2: And, and JoJo's a revelation. And, and, and to your point uh, about Tina, and, and that's the other critical part, I think you guys had eight made threes on Saturday. I mean, you were a ton of open looks all afternoon mm-hmm. in part because essentially uh, the L.A. Uh, defensive strategy on Tina was to throw as many boomers as they had at her. And
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's something that you forget sometimes. And again, it's you got to keep being aggressive. But again, her presence and she can she has a lot of control on, you know, what she can do both individually going to get a bucket, but also for the team to then create opportunities and put the defense at a, at a disadvantage. So lots mm-hmm. of ways um, that she impacts the game. Um, just needs to keep you know keep attacking and keep being aggressive, and um, you know, good things will hopefully just grind her way out of you know the tough shooting and then they will get them to go so
2: for you as a coach to be able to have the type of success that you're starting to see this year and 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 we've talked about this other times as well just that the the winds are this lagging indicator it's just the last thing to come mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. just you can tell yourself that but emotionally mm-hmm. being able to start to see it you know how much how significant and how much better is that for you this year um how much better are you sleeping just knowing yeah. in those numbers it does start to
3: come in. <laughs> it does i think it, it matters more for me for them because mm-hmm. we you know we you know you're doing the right thing or saying the right things and, and trying to instill it you know it's our job every day to try to figure out um, are we doing the right drills are we pushing the right buttons are we you know, the, you know, ours is to to create the environment where then you're you're putting them in a position where everything becomes a habit, like the things mm-hmm. you want to do. But I thought, you know, last year was a tough year for us. So like, you know, all all around, it was, you know, a lot. You know, coming into this year, I thought, you know, what we did in the off season from day one, I thought their energy um, from every single person was phenomenal. Like they came to work every day. The folks that, you know, Bias and Warley and everybody that was here that that was here that that grinded it out um it was huge it was huge um they they showed up every single day um and really tried to get better and I just have been you know really pleased by their effort yeah we've we've topped the ball on some but I think overall we've just been so much better the focus and the effort now I still would love to see it be more consistent but for them because they have put in the work and they have showed up every day, even when we beat them up in film, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, you know, trying to, to let them know that this isn't good enough. And, you know, then we try to build them up, but they have showed up every single day and tried to win worked. And I really have felt good that they've seen, you know, the, 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 the you know, the production of wins and that it, it matters. Like what you're doing, it actually gets things done. Um, so that to me is... Giving them that boost, it means just as much. Um, and just pleased about also just about the people we have. I just think we have a nice mix. Um, and I just continue trying to figure out all of us as a staff, trying to figure out what buttons to push and what how we can get them to even get more consistent and um uh, get out here and, and try to grind out some wins. Yeah, I just
2: as an observer, to see somebody who I know is doing it the right way and putting in the work like this to see the success is is, is nice to see. But in in a, in a bigger picture way, I just want to take you back to, it was a conversation uh, that you and I had, we talked in passing here and there covering the team, but our first sit down was back in 2015, talking about your pathway to in coaching. And what Mm -hmm. was striking to me as I was preparing for this today was just how different the landscape is four years later. You know, and not that yeah. long a period of time. And, you know, even I, I remember broaching the subject with Bill who was, uh, Bill Beer was the head coach at the mm-hmm. time with the Liberty about, um, you know, about an NBA jump and how, you know, well, wow, that seems like forever off and, and not something that's happening. And, and and so I just, I wonder for you, when you think about just big picture, where coaching is going, where where your career is and where your career can be, has the way things have happened for, you know, for Becky, obviously, in San Antonio, but not just uh, on the bench either, you know, people like Swin, people like Sue are doing front office mm-hmm. things, has it changed mm-hmm. the way you've thought about where things should go for you?
1: Yeah,
3: I mean, a little bit, but it's just been such a positive, like, for, for Becky to be the the first one, and to to for Popovich and and for those guys to to really take that on, and now to see all the different folks, and as you said, Swain and, and uh, you know Lindsey, and then you know you got all these people now jumping over into the other side, and and just and parts of Gottlieb up and and, and with the Cavs, so it it just it's a it's appreciated. It's like man, it's about time. Like you know, basketball is basketball. Like we can we don't have to get out here and try to stop them from dunking on us it's just a matter of scheming and working and l- right. d- bringing a, a different point of view but that's the crazy part, I, uh, right?
2: just the idea yeah. <laughs> that this was ever some barrier something insurmountable when it was just it you know to me it's almost like well, there's been this ridiculous talent pipeline just sitting there that yeah. it took it took until now to start being aggressively tapped into
3: yeah so i'm i'm pumped for it because it's it does make me think like, oh, all right. I mean, it really, now it's like, oh, there's a lot of opportunities to, to try to get into or to learn from, you know, my path, still, I still kind of lean more to staying in the women's game because I, if I hopefully continue, I want to be a positive in our game. And mm-hmm. if I'm good at this, I'd like to continue to give back to the game. that's has given me so much. Um, but like, I would love to, you know, it's, you know, possibly the, the nets being uh, with our, our kind of with our ownership of being able to be around and to learn. I, I constantly want to learn. I want to go out to golden state and I want to watch, you know, practice and I want to go to, you know, some, you know, I just want to, I want to soak it up because I do, I do think that we're all just, we're all wanting to learn more. So I just think all the opportunities or being able to be around something um, wherever that is will Continue to give you knowledge in a different perspective and I would love to do more of it, especially, you know, during the off season if there's time to To do that and and be a part of it and then learn and work with different people. I just think it, it only makes you better and um, Definitely would like to continue to grow um, as a coach and, and continue to learn um, and where that comes from, good question, but there is, you never know. And that's the great thing. <laughs> I guess it's a great thing about life. And it also scary part is just, you have no idea what's next, especially in coaching of what opportunities is actually going to open up, you know, what doors close, what doors open. Um, but you just want to be prepared. So I, I really, truly, am, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, the NBA and these folks are, you know, really locking in and actually doing it um and I'm, I'm i'm rooting for the ladies and i know they'll do an amazing job on that level because they they bring the experience and they're going to bring the work and i'm excited about what they can do and about the opportunities for many ladies uh you know coming up the up the road it's just
2: huge and and, and even just as a percentage of the total right uh-huh. just you know mm-hmm. that that men could go work in women's college basketball the wnba <laughs> men's college basketball, or the NBA. And women, you know, you know, didn't have this opportunity. But like you said, and that—that's that, my my last uh, question about the coaching side of it, which is that I've had I've had conversations where there are some people on the women's side who almost feel like, you know, oh, but you're leaving us, but you're you know, you're moving to the other side, and mm-hmm. I, I guess I wonder whether that would give you pause as well in thinking about what people can do, and everyone's got to make their own decisions based on, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's available, but but is that a hard thing? Because there is, there's this tangible, look, there's this tangible feeling on media side, too, of just, like, there's this thing we're growing, right? And yeah. so, NBA is um, is not that, even though it's basketball. Yeah. I wonder
3: how you differentiate
2: uh-huh. that in your mind.
3: Yeah, I just – you know, I just – I don't think it's a one – you know, one-size-fits-all for everybody. You know, with Kara going to Boston and, and, you know, she's still going to be involved in the women's game. She was coaching the three-on-three. Three and I guess there's always going to be attachment, but I just feel like, you know, all of our journeys are different. And the, and those that stay in the women's game are still making an impact and growing our game. And those that move and, and, and continue to break barriers and to, to, to go into the men's side are are – we want them to have success because then it brings them more of us along. Then it, and then it allows people to be like, yes, go hire such and such, or go hire her. You know, and I just think, you know, it's, I want them all to do well in every, <laughs> every <laughs> job we all get, especially former players. And I want them, I want every single person to go out there and just rock it um, because I want us to continue to get these opportunities. Cause I know there's, you know, I mean, these has I mean, we were, we are able to do the work we we understand the game and i know that we want to learn and you just want to continue to get better um so i i'm just i'm supportive of many in in the path that they choose cuz i think all of our paths are so different um and there's so much that goes into decisions but i'm i'm excited for every single one, whether people want to stay in the women's game or those who want to cross over and continue to break those barriers I, I really do um i'm pulling for all of them to go out there and and do an amazing job and particularly
2: satisfying in kara's instance uh to my mind because she had tried to do this when she was playing out in sacramento uh, and this was a long mm-hmm. time and mm-hmm. sacramento did not allow her to do it i remember talking to her about it uh, last year, and she basically thought her her ship had sailed, and it was too late for her to be able to do that. And she had chosen broadcasting and said so that it wasn't too late for her uh was obviously satisfying to see.
3: Yeah, and and you're right. It, it hasn't been that long, and that the increase of the the opportunities that are available is is really it's 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 come. I mean, it's come along. So it's it's just good to see. And again, I, I root for all of them. I think they're, they're all capable and, and really excited to see what they add um, to these organizations. And um, I, it's tough work for all of us in any of these business, men and women. And we're, we're all trying to, to show up every day and do our jobs and continue to learn. But I, I know that, you know, they'll, they'll put their best foot forward and do it, but I'm cheering for everybody on all sides. <laughs> it,
2: it, and it's great for basketball and it's great for the world beyond mm-hmm. basketball as well, as far as I'm as yeah. Far as- So before I let you go, I want to put you on the spot with two questions, and I I don't think they're overly controversial, but I am really curious to get your take about them. Um, The one, and the first one is, thinking about the college game. Let's say you were put in charge tomorrow, and you could change one thing about the current college game. It could be a rule change, it could be about transfers, it could be about anything you like. What would be the one thing, the first thing you'd
3: change? um can't work the players out all summer long like mm. the coaches there's no workouts so once they're done they're, I, I just I'm sure there's another next one would probably be recruiting but I think the players need a break I don't think they I don't think there's any excitement about coming in, in preseason and getting on the floor anymore <laughs> it's all it's mm-hmm. all they I, I just personally think it's like they they practice they are in the gym constantly there's none of that pickup they don't play pickup they don't just get away. Um, so I think that would be one of them is that they can't work out with your coaches during the off season. You just, they, you know, could just do conditioning and didn't have to figure out, pickup on their own and, you know, work on their skills that way. Uh, that, so that's probably that's my great,
2: that is a great rule change. And and off season is important for everyone. That's for sure. And then Good. the other question we're going to make UConn specific, who has been mm-hmm. the best UConn player in the W? <laughs>
3: Oh, I got i I'm biased a little. I'm a, I'm a DT fan. I, I have others. I'm I'm fans of lots of them. But um, personal personal one would be Diana. I think I would, you know, I'd take her in a heartbeat. Um, one of my favorites to to play against and um, also to play with with USAB. But um, Diana would be my my pick. It,
2: it's not a bad choice, that's for sure. Nah, she's all, I mean,
3: she's all right. I, uh... she's, not, she's done a couple Yeah, things. but that's <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, so DT would be my uh, my pick.
2: <laughs> well, Katie Smith, head coach of the New York Liberty, WNBA legend I never fail to mention, fifth all-time in win shares among anyone who's ever played in this league. Do not sleep on her accomplishments uh, on, on the court and now on the sideline. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us.